0: H-12. What's up, H-12? How we doing tonight? I am am more than excited to be here and talk with y'all. And uh, I know we've prayed already, but I just want to pray again. So would y'all bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the moments we get to share with you and with each other as we dive into your word. Lord, we're so excited. God, I pray that the distractions would be left at the door, God. I know that there are things going on um, that you need to speak to right now. Lord, I pray that the distractions will be left at the door and that we would hear your heart clearly tonight. Um, holy Spirit, this is not about, like Derek says, this is not about a seniors. This is about the God of the universe. And so, Lord, speak to us. We invite you into this place, and so we know you're here and you're ready to work. And it's in your absolute holy name we pray. Amen. 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 So, cool, cool. I played baseball for um, six years of my life. I started out in t-ball, and I worked my way all the way up to sixth grade. It's pretty intense. And... Um, As I was playing this game, I I, I reached a point in my career where I was challenged. I was challenged by my coach to play a new position, and that position was catcher. See uh, I had never played catcher before, it's a a difficult position, not not only is it difficult, it was new, but let me give you some context to the challenge. See the reason we needed a catcher on our team was because the previous two catchers on our team had just been knocked out of the game. and, and so the, our, our starting catcher was, was we, we like I said, I moved up from t-ball to whatever. We had just moved from t-ball to fast pitch, whatever it was called. I don't know. But, uh, and, and our starting catcher, he, he didn't have a clue what he was doing, I guess, took a, took a ball, took a bad hop, took it to the chin, lost a tooth. He was, like, bleeding, ice pack on his face. He, Jimmy's out. I don't remember his name. And then... Our second catcher goes up. He's like, all right, I got this. Jimmy didn't have some luck. i have some luck. And then Johnny gets hit in the ribs. I don't remember his name either. Johnny gets hit in the ribs. He's out too. And coach is like, well, we can't, we can't finish the game unless someone plays catcher. And for whatever reason, everybody in the dugout was just like, and looked at me. And I'm like, why y'all looking at me? Like, Johnny's over there with broken ribs. Jimmy's got no teeth. Like, I'm not going to step up and do this. But um, for whatever reason, I chose to accept that challenge. And I ended up playing catcher for the rest of my um, baseball career, and, and the point is when, when we are faced with challenges, we can either step up or we can stay in the dugout. And so that being said, let's, let's take the floaties off, let's, let's dive in the deep end. I'm going have, to have two challenges for you guys tonight. Um, my first challenge is primarily directed at those of you who are underclassmen, those of you who are going to be in high school still next year. Um, now Now this challenge applies to all of us, but I think it's especially relevant while you're still in high school. So uh, that being said, underclassmen, my first challenge, I'm going to throw it up on the screen, I think, is fear God, not people. Fear God, not people. Let's talk about fear for a second. How many of you have ever been to a haunted house? Ever been to Netherworld downtown? Okay. Um, I've been a couple times, and um, I don't know why I went the first time, and I don't know why I went the second time, but um, I found myself there. And I don't understand these activities. It, it, like, going to our House, going to Netherworld, those kinds of places, like, you pay perfectly good money that you could use for anything else to let complete strangers scare, like, the living bejeebus out of you. Like, it is not fun to have, like, a, a Frankenstein running at you, running at you with a chainsaw going, like, uh, getting, getting your brain scared out of your head. Like, that's not my cup of tea. But for whatever reason, I found myself at um, Netherworld. And, and, and not only Netherworld, I can't do, that, I can't do horror movies, y'all. Horror movies, It got The Conjuring, Insidious, that's not something, I got some fans, no, I will, I refuse, I will not watch a horror movie, I, I, I will not, you cannot pay me to watch a horror movie, but let me, let me go back to Netherworld, when, when I, after one of those trips, um, I, I, you know, I was creeping in the house, it was late at night, you know, I'd been out with the friends uh, at Netherworld, and I was creeping up the stairs, and like, it, see, my brother's birthday is in October. That's, that's important. So uh, I was creeping up the stairs, and right as I get to the top stair, this shadow whips by my head. And I'm and I, like, I, like, I, like, I'm not like, ready to throw hands. I've just been at Netherworlds. and I'm like, knock this Dementor in the face, you know what I mean? And like a balloon a birthday balloon had floated up from down below past my head, and, like, it had my heart going. See, that's like, that's like what Netherworlds does. That's what, that's what horror movies do to me. I can't do them. What's the point? The point, the fear of God is nothing like that fear. The fear of God is nothing like the fear of a worldly object. So um, think about it. Think about it like this. Um, the, actually, actually, not think about it. We're going to read about it. If you open up your Bible to um, Isaiah chapter 6, it's on page 685. There should be a Bible around you somewhere, in, underneath your chair, something like that. They'll throw it on the screen. I'm going read it, to read it right here. I think they're going to throw it on the screen. Whatever. I'm going to just start reading. Isaiah chapter 6, starting in verse 1. In the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with the other two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the king the Lord Almighty. See, Isaiah declared, woe is me, in acknowledgement of the holy presence he had been allowed to experience. See, my question is, do we give God this same reverence and respect? See, look, when, when the word of God is being, is being preached or you're at church on a Sunday or, or you're in a moment of worship like we were just in, do we, do we engage with those moments? Do we interact with God in those moments? Or do we just kind of just sit there casually? Do we, do we look at our phones? Do we mess with the person next to us, check our Twitter, pass notes? or, or, or Think about it like this. Let's say, let's say you're a high school basketball player. All right? We got any basketball players? Anyone? No? Maybe? Two. Okay. Let's say you're a high school basketball player. You're out there running, you're running suicides because your coach hates you, and you're running suicides, and you're like, this sucks. But then all of a sudden, out the, you hear back the gym, the doors open, LeBron James and Steph Curry walk in, and your day just got better. You're like, oh, come on. Two of the best basketball players in the universe are in our gym. And so you're, 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 in that moment, are you going to be sitting there like, oh, oh, LeBron, oh, let me, let me. I got something. Hold on, hold on a second. Yeah, yeah, bro, check out my Twitter. No, of course, that would be absurd. If LeBron James and Steph Curry walk in the gym and you're a basketball player and they're there to coach you up, make you better, ball with you, shoot around with you, you are going to soak up every word, every bit of wisdom. You're going to pay attention to what they have to say. You're going to give them your respect and you're going to give them your reverence. And look, if this is the kind of respect we would give a basketball player, what kind of respect do we give God? Because what if, what if God is in this room right now? What if God is sitting on this stage right now? What if God is speaking right now? And are we gonna be more interested in our Twitter feed or are we gonna be more interested in following Jesus' lead? See, and, and, and I'm not up on my high horse on this. I've, I've been guilty of, of not paying attention, that, that sort of thing. Um, that, that's not the point. The point is, when we give God our reverence, it allows him to work in our hearts. So um, this, isn't, this is something that God has shown me um, very explicitly and laid this on my heart through an experience I had recently. And uh, that, that's kind of the groundwork of this message. So I'm going to share the story. Uh, every year in high school I attend this leadership camp called GASC. Um, it's, a, it's a camp down in Rock Eagle. And, and I went this past year with my friend Eric Kupong. Uh, we were we were riding on the bus together and we were getting, we were just getting excited for camp, you know, like I, the camp vibe gets me excited. I just like meeting people, having fun, that sort of thing. It might not be your thing, it's, I enjoy it. But um, we were getting excited. We were, we were like praying. We were, we were, we were like listening to worship songs. We were like making plans. See, because like Eric's very passionate about helping his peers find Jesus like I am. So like we were on the same page, you know, we were just pumped for this opportunity um, to, to, to learn and to t- talk to people about Jesus. And so, um we, we get we get down to camp and we get off the bus and Eric goes one way, I go the other, and I, and we start we start uh praying with people. I started sharing my testimony, having faith conversations, and, and everything probably looked good. Like from the outside looking in, I'm sure it looked like I was like ministering, like it looked like I was serving, it looked like I was doing all these great leadership things, but I knew somewhere, I knew somewhere on the inside, like it, it just felt off. You know, it just I, I didn't have I didn't have, like, a peace about it. And, you know, I think what was going on was, if I'm honest, I really was, I was doing those things because I felt like I should. I, I, I was doing those things really because I knew that they would make me look like a great leader. I was doing those things because I wanted people to honor me. I wanted people to, to, to see me. I wanted, I wanted the praise of people. I was seeking the praise of people rather than the approval of my heavenly father. And so I, I knew I needed to talk to God about this. And, and luckily for me, I, I got diabetes, you know, diabetes. And luckily for me in that moment, I had a, a little diabetes attack and I had to go back to the room to fix it. And, and it was right there in my room where I cracked open my Bible and I read this passage of scripture. Let me read it to you. The Lord is exalted for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with his justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation of your times. A rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord. The what of the Lord? Say with me. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. See, and it's in that exact moment that God pressed in on my heart. And he said, Mike, who do you fear? Who do you fear? And I knew he was pressing in right on that spot. That had been feeling bad. And, and think about it, I love the way John Bevere writes it in his book, The Fear of the Lord. He writes, if you desire the praise of man, you will fear man. And if you fear man, you will serve him. For you will serve what you fear. And right there alone in GASC, in my, in my room at GASC with my, my diabetes sprawled on the floor and had some tears in my eyes and my heart lifted to heaven. I, just, I had to get honest with God. And, and students, who we desire the approval of shows who we fear. And it's so easy to spend your high school career throwing away the time seeking the approval and praise of people rather than of God. But if I might offer a little truth, students, the, the, the applause of man is exceptionally fleeting. We can either spend our precious moments clawing and scratching and trying, ceaselessly striving to get to the top of the social ladder. But the, the popularity, the name recognition, the, the, the fame, it, it doesn't last. It, it ends. The, high, the final bell on high school comes and it's over. So we can spend our precious moments doing that or we can spend our precious moments seeking the heart of our heavenly father. One of my favorite Rappers, Andy Mineo, puts it like this in his song, Neverland. He says it a lot cooler than me, but he goes, You want glory, money, and power before you go. I promise you it's empty. We're aiming just way too low. I, I know we own things we don't need to impress people we don't know. Then we go broke trying to look rich. I can't do it. I just won't. My new goal is to be close to the one that made my soul. See, I, I think many of spin, he's spitting some fire. He, he's spitting like fire emoji, you know. Like, like he goes on. He goes, he goes. Did you catch it? He goes. We own things we don't need to impress people we don't know. Then we go broke just trying to look rich. Can't this be so true of us? I know it's been true of me many, many times. Thank you. And, uh, and can any can, can can anybody else admit this? Come on, just raise your hand. Can anybody else? Thank you. Okay, confessions. Good for the soul. And and look, it's not just what we own. Hey, it's not just what we own or wear to look cool. This idea of, of living for others approval can, affects the way we walk, the way we talk, the, 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 the functions we attend, the, the person we date. We do a myriad, thing, a myriad of things to gain the praise and applause of man. But if we're seeking to impress man, we're aiming just, just way too low. An underclassman, if I could ask you to step up to one challenge, if you could could step up to one challenge, that moment where where you get to play a new position, you get to do one thing in high school, I would ask you to fear God, not people. Now, it's uh, time for number two and... Challenge number two, that is, and this one, uh, I'm going to target this one at the seniors. Uh, seniors, you hope you've had one ear open this whole time. I've been sleeping. I'm targeting this one at y'all. But again, this applies to anyone, but, but more directly at the seniors, uh, and, and so I'm just going to go for it. Challenge number one was fear God, not people. Seniors, challenge number two, open your mouth. Open your mouth. The passage I want to speak to this challenge from is found in Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to throw it up on the screen. Um, I've got it. In the Bible, Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16, page 1,000. That's pretty cool. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. This is, this is where it gets legit. I mean, it's all legit. It's the Bible. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always and to the very end of the age. See, this is one of the most significant passages in the Bible if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Because in this passage, it, it, this passage rather is the last recorded words we have of Jesus. Like he died. He, he died. He, he, he was buried, he was resurrected, he's about to go back to heaven. He's got minutes, moments left on this earth, and this is what he decides to say. See, think about it. If you had, if you had only moments left to live and you're surrounded by your friends and your family, what would you do with your time? See, like, I, I, it's my hope and prayer that the end of your days is way down there, but uh, uh, Jesus literally is basically in this moment, uh, not the end of his days, but the end of his moments on this earth is right here. And you know what he decides to do? He decides to give purpose. Jesus gives a challenge. He challenges his disciple, and he, he challenges them. He says, I challenge you to tell people about me. I challenge you to open your mouth to spread the good news. Spread the good news that I came, I died, and I rose again for your salvation so that you could have relationship with me. Open your mouth, disciples. Tell people, tell the world of the treasure you've found. We sing in that song. Tell the world of the treasure you found. This is what Jesus is saying. Open your mouth, friends. And seniors, we, we find ourselves in a moment not unlike, not unlike this one. See, after Jesus left, the disciples were scattered across the, the, the known world to minister and to raise up churches. And seniors, we've got... Three, four, five, six days, however many days left together before we will be scattered across the state. We'll go to different colleges. We'll be scattered across the southeast. We'll be scattered across the country, maybe even the globe. And we have got the same charge that Jesus gave. He said, open your mouth. Tell the good news. And look, uh, on your college campus next year, when, when your professor tries to tear down your faith... Open your mouth. Spread the good news. When your peers question why you, why you do the things you do, why you believe what you believe, open your mouth. Tell them the good news. When, when, you, when it's finals time and everyone's stressed and, and struggling and all this, and, and you've just got a peace about you that, that your friends that don't love Jesus don't understand, open your mouth. Tell them, tell them where you get that peace. See, boldly and gently tell of the work Jesus has done in your life and invite them to experience the same love and this doesn't have to be complicated (coughs) excuse me you don't have to have a phd you don't have to be a certain level spiritually to open your mouth and spread the good news if you have jesus in your heart and you believe in him as your lord and savior you are qualified to spread the good news see and while it's not complicated it will be costly It costs something to be a disciple of Jesus, to to be an agent of his good news. See, we we will face persecution. We will face trials. And oftentimes, most often, we will face ourselves. And what I mean by that is, for me, I feel like the thing that most often stops me from sharing my faith is is me. I I have to swallow my pride and relinquish my control and just say, God, God, use me. While it does cost us something, remember, the cost we pay is nothing compared to the cost he paid on the cross for us. See, he gave his life on the cross so that we could have eternal relationship with him. He paid the price for that free gift. And and so in this, right now you're like, okay, Mike, like this is real encouraging. Like I feel great. Like cost, persecution, like uh, I, I don't know if I'm feeling all that. And I just want to give two, two quick passages of Scripture to encourage you seniors with this charge of open your mouth. The first one is John 16, 33. It says, in this world you will have trouble. Jesus is talking. He says, in this world you will have trouble. He doesn't hide it. But he says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, Jesus doesn't hide the fact that this is a tough challenge, that we live in a troublesome world. But he does promise His presence will be with you to rise to the occasion, to step up in the moment. And secondly, I think of 2 Timothy 1, 7, and 8. Um, They say this, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. See, God has given us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline in large part so that we can go and spread the good news, so that we can open our mouths, seniors. And, 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 And this is, he has not called us to be timid. He's called us to be urgent. And so seniors, underclassmen, church, will we be a people who open our mouths? Will we spread the good news? Lastly, I would like to... I know I, know, I know I said I was going to go for two challenges. I want to go for one more bonus challenge, bonus round. The third challenge I'd like to give is to those of you in here tonight who have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to challenge you to surrender. I don't know why you're in this room. Maybe you're, you're here for whatever reason. A friend invited you. Your girls here. Your guys here. You had nothing better to do. It doesn't matter why you're in this room. You're in this room for a reason. And maybe this is it. Maybe the reason God has you in this room is because he's been knocking at the door, and this is your moment to just let him in. Maybe tonight is the night you stop running from Jesus and you start running to Jesus. And for those of you that have made that decision, that is great. Celebrate. Celebrate. Rejoice in the fact that he is your Savior and that you have a relationship with him. But some of you have not made that decision, and I challenge you to step in to his kingdom. He welcomes all who call upon his name Salvation through Jesus is a free gift that can never be earned. It can only be accepted. Romans 10, 9, and 10 say, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. See, Jesus did on the cross what none of us could do for ourselves, He paid the debt of our sins. So that we can have eternal relationship with him. And I challenge you to accept his offer. And, I, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, the faith journey is hard and, and, and it gets costly. But accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, starting a relationship with God is the single most rewarding and fulfilling adventure you can ever embark on. And I know it is the single best decision I have ever made in my life. If he's knocking on the door of your heart right now, would you let him in? He came to bring hope to the hopeless. He came to bring salvation to the dead. He came to to save us, to get us back. And he wants you. Would you guys pray with me? Would you bow your heads, please? I want to pray for two, two people groups right now. The first group, though, is that, is that group of people that have never accepted Jesus. And like, like that verse says, all you got to do is believe in your heart and open your mouth. And confess. And, and, and so it's just a little prayer. It's not about the words. I'm going to lead it for you. It goes something like this. Just say it in your heart. If you want to accept Jesus tonight, say something like this in your heart. Lord, I confess that I, I'm a sinner. I confess that I don't have it all together. But I know you do. I know you paid for my sins on the cross and I totally surrender my life. I invite you into my heart forever. And if you're praying something like that or if you did pray something like that, everybody's head's still bowed and the eyes are closed. I just wanna invite you to to, to lift up your hand for a moment. Just lift up your hand and say, you know what? That's me, that's me. Jesus is calling me right now. And if you lift up your hand, I just believe that it, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't add to your salvation. It just solidifies what God's doing in your heart. And I would celebrate with you. You can put it down. I see you. I see you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God for that. Thank you. And Lord, I just want to pray for this whole group, this whole night, our church family. I just want to thank you for the moments we've had together today. God, it's been such a blessing, such an honor to get to talk with you. And you've been sitting here, you've been working, Lord. I pray that you would seal in the hearts right now, whatever you've been going on, Lord, you're not done yet. Um, Derek's still going to come up here. We've still got more service. God, may we press in even deeper. God, may, we, may you take us another layer deeper. And Holy Spirit, one day at a time, one day at a time, we'll grow in your love for us. And we'll know that your arms are always open wide. That you will never turn us away. That you love us so much that you'll accept us right where we are. But you love us too much to leave us the way you found us. We thank you for that, God. Jesus, may everything that has been said today glorify you. You are the king, you are the lord and you are you are our savior and it's in your absolute holy name we pray all things. Amen. Amen. Thanks guys. Appreciate it.
1: to share because he's a good communicator. I have him come and share because he's the real deal, that he's better off the stage than he is on the stage. And those that are his friends in the room, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that to say that he's perfect. Every single one of us has the stuff in our life, you know, our own junk and our own temptations and our own stuff, but that dude loves Jesus. I love uh, walking around sometimes and looking over, and there's Mike over in the corner praying for somebody. And you know what? I could talk about not just Mike. I could talk about others in this room that are the same way. That their faith is real. That they're influencing people. That they're not being influenced, but they're doing the influencing. And it's, it's changing people, and it's changing the school. People don't know that for the last four years, many people don't know in this room that for the last four years, almost every single morning for the last four years, and early, way early before school starts, there's Mike at school praying over his high school. Nobody gets him up in the morning to do that. He gets himself up in the morning because he loves Jesus and he wants to see people come to know Christ. And I want to challenge you underclassmen. I want to challenge you seniors. Mike isn't the model. Jesus is the model. But as Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. I say, man, we look at people around us who love Jesus and are following him. We look at them and we look up to them and we say, you know what, like I, I want to stand for my faith like that person stands for their faith. I'll never forget, and I've told this story a couple years ago at Digg. I'll never forget when uh, uh, right after I graduated college and I was like, man, I was like 21 years old. And my brother, uh, one of my, my brother, uh, who's like my best friend, we're super tight, we're 18 months apart. Our friends call us Cain and Abel, because I'm a pastor, and my brother is not a pastor. And uh, he's crazy, man, and he's, he's always getting in trouble, and, and doing all kinds of stuff, and fights, and partying, and drinking, and just, just everything, and I remember he invited me, he says, hey, man, you want to uh, you go to a college? Uh, this, the, we had a bunch of friends at a- Appalachian State University. Uh, we had some friends that went there, and, uh, and one of my friends was there. One of my close friends was still going to school there, even though I graduated college. I said, dude, yeah, man, I, I'd love to go there. Let's go up there. So I went up there. I was hanging out with some of my friends. My brother was hanging out with his friends. And later that night, I went to meet up with my brother. And, and as a part of meeting up with my brother, we, uh, uh, I, I met at this house that we were going to be staying at that night to sleep. And when I get to the house and so we're going to be staying at the night to sleep, there's a party going on at this house. And I'm not talking about like a few people hanging out, you know, playing bingo. I'm talking like an all-out, throw-down, shindig, keg party, DJ, this thing was going crazy. Like I walked into the living room, there's a DJ over there going, there's like people twerking all over the place, like I'm like fighting through the crowd, you know, I get through this crowd, you know, I walk out the back door to find myself on the on the back deck and when I get on the back deck, there's a big keg on the back deck, everybody's got their red solo cups, filling it up, just drinking, having a good time, and I'm like, dang, this is where I'm supposed to sleep tonight. And so I walk in, and, and right, inside of the, right inside of the screen door that goes out on the deck, there was a kitchen table, and I snuck in there, and I sit down at the kitchen table. And this dude, who I don't even know, walks over, and he, he flips a shot glass over in front of me, flips a shot glass over in front of him. He pulls out a, a fifth of vodka off the table. He pours two shots, slides one over to me, says, cheers. And I said, nah, man, I'm, I'm good, man. He says, ah, come on, man. I said, dude, I don't drink. He said, you're going to disrespect me, man? I just poured you a shot. I said, dude, no disrespect, man. It's just that when I was in high school, uh, I got in a lot of trouble. And as a part of that, I got alcohol poisoning twice my junior in high school. I drank all the time my freshman through junior in high school, and, and, and it was destroying my life, and, and I was addicted to it. And so as a result of that, man, you know, I gave my life to Christ. God saved me. He changed me, and now I don't, I don't do that. He looked right back at me, and he says, Oh, so you're one of those Christian people, aren't you, you? aren't you? I was like, yeah, I guess guess so. He says, well, I got some questions for you. I was like, all right, well, what's up? And he said, what do you think about speaking in tongues? That was his first question. (laughs) I was like, it doesn't matter what I think about speaking in tongues, but I'll tell you this, it does matter what you think about Jesus. And I start talking to this guy right in the doorway. Of this keg party with the DJ jump, I mean, going crazy. People are walking in and out on the deck, and so um, we were kind of in the way. And so I said, "Dude, let's go out on the deck." So I went out on the deck and I kind of propped myself up on the on the on the deck, like uh, you know where kind of the, the the pickets of the deck is and the railing and the kegs right here. And I'm talking to this guy, and as I'm talking to him, another guy walks up. He says, "What y'all talking about, man?" This guy goes, "Hey, man, I'm asking questions about Jesus." This guy's like, I got some questions too then. We start talking about the Bible. We start talking about Jesus right there on the deck. Then another guy comes up, and then a girl comes up, and then another guy comes up. The next thing you know, there's like 30 people standing around me on this deck at a keg party, and I'm talking about Jesus. No lie, people start walking over with their solo cups, and they start pouring their cups out and throwing their cups away. And so i raise raising their hand, like, hey, uh, well, what about this? And, and I'd answer that question, and hey, what about this? And I'd answer that question. Finally, the guy who's having the party, the keg party, Appalachian State, walks out. He goes, bro, what's going on here? A girl from the crowd yells out, this guy's talking about Jesus. Which this guy said, man, stop talking about that, man. I'm going to feel convicted. I was like, dude, they're just asking questions, man. I'm just answering them. The crowd starts to disperse for the rest of the night until about 4 o'clock in the morning. Conversation after conversation after conversation after conversation, one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one of college students, broken, broken having conversations with me about where their life is. I got to lead four or five of those people to Christ that night. It was unbelievable and a crazy God moment. And all I did was what Mike said. I was willing to open my mouth. I don't say that to shine the light on me. I say that to shine the light on Jesus. Nobody could do that. That was God. That was God intervening in a moment like that to do something far beyond anything I could ever do on my own. And God gives you those opportunities. It was interesting, intriguing. I had this conversation with this one kid. He was a second year in college. He says, bro, man, I was like at youth group every single week in high school. I was the worship leader on the worship team my junior and senior year of high school. But then I got off to college. And I couldn't find a church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let me give you the pattern. Seniors, you have to see the pattern. See, this is what happens. What happens is is that sometime a little before spring break and leading into spring break, you start thinking, you know what? Hey, man, it's over. Like you haven't graduated, but you feel like you have that senior-itis starts sneaking in. You know what I'm talking about, seniors? That starts creeping in. And you go on spring break, and after spring break, it is like it is like everybody in the world turns their attention on you and makes you the focus of everything. And so what they do is they start, they start, they start uh, you know, throwing parties for you and congratulating you. And you send out letters and money starts coming in. And you're like, man, like, everybody's celebrating me. I am the stinking man. And you get all excited about it and you're amped up about it. And you're like, mom, dad, man, like, yeah, like, man, it's the, man, I, I, it's the reality starts in. You got three, four months to spend with your friends now. And then you're going off to college. They're going off to college. You're not going to get to see them again until Christmas break. And so you're hanging out all the time. And so you're hanging out late Friday night. You're hanging out late Saturday night. Cause you're hanging out late Friday night, and Saturday night. You're like, dude, I don't want to get up early in the morning to go to church on Sunday. Man, I'm hanging out with my friends Tuesday, and I don't have time to go to church. You're so busy and so sucked into all the senior stuff and hanging out with your friends, and everything. Else. You're not spending time with God. And the next thing you know, you roll into freshman year of college. Several weeks into August, and it's been four or five months since you've been to church connected to anything spiritual. It's been four or five months since you've been in the Word, and you walk into college and you don't know anybody, and you get stuck with a roommate, and he's not a believer. And you're trying to meet people, and you're meeting people in your hall. And they're like, it's Friday night. And you're like, hey, man, I want to meet some people. I want to hang out. So you go hang out, and y'all go hang out, and you have a good time. And Saturday rolls around, and you're like, hey, I'm going to church tomorrow. I'm going to church. Like I told my youth pastor when I got to college, like I was going to go to church. That's what I'm going to do. And so what happens is Saturday night, your friend's like, hey, let's go hang out. And you're at the club, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning. The music's jumping. And you ain't coming home. You're like, yeah, man, like I need to go to church tomorrow. But dang, this girl looks pretty good. What's up? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so 4 o'clock in the morning rolls around. You come rolling back in at your dorm. And you go to bed. You ain't going to get up and go to church Sunday. In fact, you don't even know what church you're going to. It's a new place. And the next week, the same thing. The next week, the same thing. Next thing you know, it's been six, seven months since you've been connected to anything. People start talking about these statistics. Nine out of 10 high school students walk away from the church within 12 months of graduating high school. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. That's it. Did you know that studies show that 86%, 86% of students make it to their senior year of high school as virgins? 86%. Did you know that after freshman year of college, that study literally reverses? That after freshman year of college, only 14% are virgins. It literally flips. You say, what happens? Senior year of high school, freshman year of college. I'll tell you this. I believe that the eight most important years of your life are from the time you were 14 years old to your 22. Freshman year of co- uh, high school, the senior year of college, the eight most important years of your life. It's where your worldview is formed. It's where your values are formed. It's the first chance of freedom. It's When you get a car, it is where you make a decision to go to college or pick up a trade or go into the military. It is where you decide the career that you're going to have for the rest of your life. It is where you are going to make decisions that are going to shape your future like no other time. The people that are going to be in your wedding, you are going to meet in those eight years. Potentially your spouse, most likely your spouse is going to be possibly met during that time as well. I mean, this is the most significant eight years of your life, and I believe that the two most important of those eight years are senior year of high school and freshman year of college. If you can't tell, I'm passionate about it. Students, you have to make a commitment to stand firm on your faith. You have to make a commitment to press deeper in your walk with God. You have to make a commitment to stay in the word. You have to make a commitment that you're going to get connected in a church. And you're going to find a church. That's the first thing you're going to do. Before you go out on any weekend with any of your buddies, you're going to find a church first. Or any of your girls or whatever you want to call it, you are going to find a church first. And you're going to get connected and you're going to serve. And you're going to make a commitment, number one, to grow in your faith. Because if you don't, you're in trouble. If you don't, you're in trouble. In fact, if you go to church here at 12 Stone and you come on Sunday mornings, listen to how many people get in the baptismal tub on Sunday morning. It's 45 and 50-year-olds getting baptized. And here's their story. I went to church when I was a kid, and then I went to college. And it all went to crap. and they paid for it for the next 20 years of their life. And finally, out of God's grace, he rescued them in their 40s. It's a familiar story. And it's a path you don't have to walk. But that's my challenge for you tonight. What Mike said tonight is truth. It is fear God not man. That's truth. What Mike said tonight is open your mouth. And We have that opportunity. God has strategically placed you in the place that he's placed you at so that you can be an influencer not to be the influenced. Commit to be an influencer. Change your community. Change your dorm. Change your college campus for the name of Jesus. I'm telling you. It's a big deal. So here's the deal. I want to pray for you. And then we're going to do a few little fun things in here and uh, head towards closing out our service. So, Lord, I just want to pray for these students tonight. This is a, a heavy conversation because it is a, this is, a, this is a, a major weight deal that we're talking about. This carries weight. Graduating from high school. Doesn't mean this is my time to go live it up and get out of the way all of the whatever stuff I want to get out of the way. It is a time for them to begin to bear the responsibility of what it means to be an adult. To shape their future. To determine the worldview and values that they're going to live by. God, they cannot live faith on their own. God, I pray that these students that are graduating will get connected in a church wherever they go. That you would build community around them. That they would grow up in their faith. That they would seek your face more and more each day. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is what I want to do. If you're a senior in the room tonight, I'm going to ask you to do something. A little bold. I'm going to ask you to come up to the front. If you're a senior in here, come on up to the front. Come on up! We got these big old speakers right here. Y'all can kind of spread out around these speakers. Spread out, <laughs> seniors. Spread out a little bit up here. Go hills. Yeah. Yeah, you can sit. Brandon. Hey, you know what I love? Got two Tar Heels up here, man. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I love? I love the fact that we have this many seniors up here. And I love the fact that you guys now, this is what we're sending out, but you guys now get to pick up the leadership load and to lead in this ministry. This is what I want you to do. I want you to spread out a little bit. You know, kind of, kind of branch out a little bit. Now, here's the thing. One of the things that I like to do uh, on, on this kind of night is I realize that there may be some people out there, and you would say, you know what, there's maybe one or two of the people that are up here who's made an impact on my life in some way. And so we're not going to take a lot of time, and obviously there's a lot of them up here, and so not everyone would get to share, you know, about each person and, and all that kind of stuff. But but I just think it's always cool just for you seniors to realize with some of you guys how you've influenced. So if you're, if you're out here and you say, man, somebody up here really means a lot to me. They've influenced my life in some way. I want you to raise your hand. We've got Ashley in the back, and she's got a microphone, and she's going to get you to hold it, get, hand you a microphone. And listen, we – don't don't like share like your life story and like a novel. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll just tell you to shut up. All right, here we go. And uh, what I, what you're going to do is you're going to share 30 seconds about the person or the one or two people or whatever. All right, go ahead, Ashley.
0: Okay, so this one is for Michaela. I'm not going to get all sappy because I could. Um, Michaela has just been an amazing friend to me ever since middle school, and she's been like a sister. And she's just, like, helped me through some really rough times, and I just love her and appreciate her, so.
1: Oh. All right. Just raise your hand if you're Got random people. And I just want you guys to notice that every person raising their hand is a Check girl. One, is there a dude in the house that can raise their hand? Go ahead. Hello? We can hear you.
0: My name is Rebecca, and I want to congratulate Sammy and Emmeline, because they're awesome. And they're going to graduate forever, and we want them to help build a positive relationship with Jesus. And uh, good luck in college and do the right thing. Make a difference. Praise God. act to, to the, the max. max. Never grow up and don't vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank this you. Is-
1: this is why we don't give students the microphones. <laughs> always a risk, always a risk involved. Please no cursing.
0: All right, I'd like to thank Marcella and d for teaching me how to get turnt at NTS camp. What
1: thank did you. they teach you how to do?
0: How to get turnt.
1: How to get turnt, all right, I gotcha. That's a meaningful thing there, very meaningful.
0: Hello. I want to thank Cameron Hankins for uh, helping me through classes and being a good guy to me, teaching me a lot about baseball, and uh, always being there. Thanks, bro. Hey, um, I would like to thank Bryson Morales for being um, the best coach in team sports this year. I love him. Yeah. All right. I'd like to thank Samuel Alfredis. He's a very good guy. He's also helped me through baseball, too.
1: A baseball thing, man.
0: like to acknowledge Molly and Christine because when I first came I was the first ninth grader like or the only ninth grader in my life group and they really did go out of their way it felt like to make me feel welcomed. Okay so there are a million of you I could talk about and I love you all and you know like who you are if I love you but two people who have really impacted me um, are Molly and Andrea. Molly, you have given me courage to be bold about what I've done in my testimony and just to be able to forgive myself and realize that I'm just as worthy as everyone else is of God's love. And Andrea, you've shown me just how to be a friend to someone, how to love on other people regardless of the circumstances, and I'm thankful for you too.
1: By the way, Andrea is the top three funniest females I've ever met in my life. She is hilarious. All right.
0: Um, This is for Molly. I know we sound like the Molly fan club, but uh, Molly is the one who did bring me here, and I've become really close to her this last year and her year in T and I'm dearly going to miss her, and yeah. Yeah. uh, This is for my brother, Sean, right there, Um, and... uh, (laughs) I just want to say that he's a great guy and he's really uh, helped me through a lot of stuff that he probably doesn't realize, but yeah, so.
1: It's great. We got a couple more over here, we'll be done.
0: I really just want to give a shout out to Daisy because she's just. Daisy is so amazing, and I can only inspire to have God's light shine through me the way it shines through her. And she's so beautiful and so amazing, and I'm going to miss her so dearly. Uh, For all the guys that are in my group, I got 18. You know, there's a ton of my senior guys here, but I want to give a shout out to two special guys. You two guys in the middle there, D. Mill, Marcella. You guys are. uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've, uh, as long as I've been serving here, I had you guys from the time y'all were freshmen all the way up, and, um, and uh, y'all, y'all have changed me and marked me in, in, in the way that I serve and the way that I do what I do um, here at age 12 and, and the way I live um, out here. And I just want to thank you two for being what you are to me, to my family, and uh, I love you both, and I can't wait to see what God's going to do in all your lives. finally, Marcella, I love you. Uh, I think of you as an older brother. I don't know you. I didn't know you as well, but uh, I cried in a room with you. I shared literally my life testimony with you after knowing you for about a day. So you mean a lot, and I'm sure we all love you. Stay awesome.
1: Sweet. So I'll tell you what. We'll do one more. One more. One more. Ah. Uh, um,
0: Dayton, I know you're. My- I have to, it's going to quick. Um, I know you're my son, Daisy, and also Dayton. You guys inspire me. And as a grown-up, it's, it's the most beautiful thing to be inspired by teenagers who are so close to God. And every single last one of you up there has a place. And the way that you serve inspires me. And I thank you and bless you guys as you move forward. I love you.
1: Guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so here's the deal, seniors. This is what we're, we're going to do. Um, what we're going to do is, uh, man, I want to have a time where we just pray over you guys. And uh, because, man, this, this next season of your life is a big deal. You know, it's, it's, it's going from, you know, teenage years, adolescence into adulthood. And uh, like I said, these next, this next year of your life is one of the most important years of your life. And uh, so I want to pray over you guys. So this is what I want to ask you all to do. If you all wouldn't mind just kind of, you know, humoring me for a minute. If you all wouldn't mind just kind of coming around, bunching up here, you know, kind of getting close up around the front. And uh, for all the introverts, they're like, oh, no, and, uh, and uh, kind of get up here. And then if you're out there and you want to come up, you know, uh, whether, you know, you're a parent or whoever, you want to come up, put your hand on a shoulder or something like that, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, you got a friend or something like that. And um, we'll give you guys a second to come down and we're going to pray. So let's pray. Father, when I look at the front of this room and see all these seniors, God, I think about an army, an army of warriors, many of which bear your name. And God, I know that these next couple years, they're going to have some of the biggest battles of their life. They're going to face some of the greatest temptations some of the most difficult circumstances that they've ever walked through. And, God, I just pray for supernatural strength. I pray for your peace. I pray for your your character just to to grow in each one of their hearts. I pray that each one of them would be a light. I pray, God, that that they would put you as a priority in their life, that they would fear you and not man, that they would open their mouth, that they would share about the good news, Lord how many people they're going to be in classes with, how many people they're going to be uh, friends with and, in, and on the dorm hall with that, that, that don't know you, that are hopelessly searching for answers for the life's biggest questions, trying to find purpose in things that lead to emptiness and unfulfillment. God, would you give them wisdom on how to navigate these situations? Would you give them the courage Lord, as Mike mentioned the scripture tonight, which is my favorite verse in all the Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7, where you say, God did not give us a spirit of timidity or a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I pray for your power to be made known in these students. I pray for your presence to be known in these students. I pray for your love and for your self-discipline to be made known to these students, Lord, and God, that you would protect them and watch over them. Lord, even when they mess up, even when they do something stupid, would you protect them? Draw them near to yourself. Bring healing to their life. And God, we pray corporately together as a room right now over these seniors, begging you to use them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. The band's going to come up. Y'all go find a seat.
0: Hey,
1: uh. Hey, students, I want to close out with this before we go into this song. This song is called Trust It All. And I don't know, man, you may be in here tonight, and there may be some things that you're hanging on to, and you need to let God trust, give God that trust. You need to trust God with whatever that thing is you're dealing with. And the reason I say that is this is because Mike earlier gave an invitation And what he said in that invitation is he said, hey, if there's anybody in here that needs to give their life to Jesus, and you prayed a prayer and you raised your hand, maybe you did that, or maybe you're in here in this room and you haven't given your life to Christ, and you say tonight is the night. Tonight I'm going to do some business with God. Tonight I'm going to stop playing around. Tonight I realize that my future is ahead of me, and I realize that the decisions that I'm making right now are dismantling the future and the purposes that God has for me in my life. And you know that God has a purpose for your life. And I want to challenge you during this song to do something bold. In fact, many have already done it. If you look up here on this cross, many people have already came up and put their thumbprint in the ink and stuck it on the cross, the symbol of something that is unique to your identity, like a thumbprint and saying, my identity is no longer mine. I'm placing my identity in Christ. I want to give my life to him. And if you're here tonight and you want to give your life to Jesus, or maybe you raised your hand earlier, I want to ask you on that on, on the, the worship guide that you got there at your chair to tear off that bottom part and to check um, uh, that you prayed to receive Christ tonight, that you wanted to give give. your life to Jesus. Surrender your life to him. Write your first and last name legible so I can read it. Because I want to contact you. I want to talk to you about next steps in your faith. I want to talk to you about how we can partner with you in this next season of your life. And then during this last song, I want to ask you to come up. And I want to ask you to drop it into this box, your name. And you can take um, take the, the top off of this and put your thumbprint on the cross signifying it. As you can see, many people have already done that this school year. This is just since August, which is amazing. And I want to challenge you to make that step. And if you do that, I'm telling you, people in here are going to be erupting in applause for you. Because that's what we do. We celebrate life change. H12 exists so that your life can encounter God so that you will be changed forever. Forever. That's why we exist. And so I want to challenge you in that time. And listen, maybe uh, a part of this is a little bit more passionate for a very personal reason. Last night, I got a text message from one of our leaders saying, can you please call me? And I called the leader. Her name's Kaylee. Kaylee was at the graduation, her brother's graduation yesterday. Brother's 21 years old, graduating from college. He walked across the stage, got his diploma, waved at the crowd, and as he stepped off the stage, he collapsed to the floor. They didn't know what was wrong. They rushed over to his side. He quit breathing. They began to resuscitate him. They performed CPR on him for 15 minutes. They finally uh, got him back uh, to alive, uh, alive again, and they rushed him to the hospital. And on the way, he 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 passed away again. And they they kept reviving him and giving him CPR. It was at. A certain point when I talked to her on the phone, she's upset. She's, she's crying. Her brother, she doesn't know what's going on. With her brother, he's 21 years old. And the doctors say there's not much we can do because we cannot stabilize him. Finally, they realized that a freak thing had happened. His spleen had ruptured and he was bleeding internally. And so they went in, they cut him open, they removed his spleen in order to save his life. But by the time they had done that, his liver was already in liver failure. 21 years old. I was at the hospital last night with the family. It's about 1.30 this morning. Earlier this afternoon, about 2.15, he passed away. 21 years old. Yesterday was supposed to be one of the most amazing days of his life. Graduating from college, accomplishment that he's been looking forward to, and it was his last day. Freak situation. And here's the truth we never know when our last day is. We never do. We never know when it's going to be. I don't know why that happened. I'm crushed by it. She's crushed by it. Their family's crushed by it. This is her brother, this is her family. But maybe tonight, maybe tonight for you, maybe the redemption of this situation is tonight. Someone in this room says, you know what? I'm tired of playing around. I'm not promised tomorrow. I need to give my life to Christ. And maybe tonight is your night. And I don't tell you that to create some emotional moment to manipulate you. I'm just telling you this is the reality of life. Every person in this room one day, you will have a birth date on your stone, on your tombstone, and you will have a death date on your tombstone. And it's not something that we like to think about. It's not something that we want to think about. But at the end of the day, every single one of us are going to pass from this life to the next. And the Bible tells us, if you're a follower of Jesus, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That literally when we take our last breath here, we're taking our first breath there. It's eternal life. This is what Jesus came to accomplish. He came to provide a way so that you can have eternal life. This is the good news. The good news is, is that God could have left us to our own devices. God could have left us to destroy ourselves. God didn't have to save us. God is holy and we are evil. We sin. God is perfect. God could have just let us just do our thing and be completely distant and absent from our life. But he did not choose that. He chose to pursue us. He chose to chase us. He chose to send his own son to live here on this earth to be tempted in every way we are tempted yet without sin. To go to be crucified on the cross to die, not for his sin because he was sinless, but to die for your sin and for my sin. Jesus died on the cross in your place for your sin. He died the death that you should have died. And then when he was buried, he rose again on the third day, defeating sin and death, saying that sin and death no longer has victory. So that now we have access to God which we never had before. This is the good news. So now through the cross, through Jesus, through what he did, we can now have access to him and have eternal life. This is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that whosoever, whosoever, you, me, anybody, it's open to everybody a free gift. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. Mike said it was the greatest decision he's ever made. I can attest to that myself, and there's many others in here that can attest to that themselves. Don't leave here tonight without knowing where you stand with your Lord and Savior. So during this song, make this song an invitation song for you. Make it an invitation for you. Maybe you need to start praying right now, and it's just a conversation between you and God. There's no magic formula to get saved. The Bible tells us all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. That you surrender your life to Him. You give your heart to Him. Maybe you just need to have a conversation with God there in your own words. It's not about how eloquent you are. It's just you being honest and saying, God, I know i got some junk in my life. I know i got some sin in my life, and God, I'm so thankful that you provided a way for me to have access to you. Lord, would you come into my life and save me? Would you change me? Would you set me free? So I no longer have to live in bondage to sin. God, would you be in my life? doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're going to have struggles. I'm not perfect and I have struggles, but praise be to God. He gives me His grace, and His grace covers me every single day, and you need His grace, and I need His grace, and we all need His grace. The admission of a Christian isn't, I'm great, I'm awesome, look at me. The admission of a Christian is, I'm a wretched sinner. Woe is me, as Isaiah said. I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, what Mike read earlier today. I am ruined when I place myself and my wretchedness before the holiness of God, but praise be to God that he wipes my sin away so that when he looks at me he doesn't see my sin he doesn't see my wretchedness but he sees the righteousness of God in me he sees Jesus when he looks at me because he's declared me righteous not because I'm righteous but because he sees me that way because he loves me and he cares for me and he's paid the price for me so I don't know lo- so I no longer have to pay it I don't have to pay it right I don't have to die because he's already died the death that I would die. Yeah, i die physically, but I don't have to die spiritually, and neither do you. So during this song, make this song an invitation. Pray and ask God to come into your life to change you. No more playing around. This is your life. People say, man, if you really believe the message, you would beg people to come to Jesus. Listen, I'm telling you, I am begging you. Do not leave this ministry. Do not go to college without knowing Jesus as your personal Savior. If this is the last time I ever get to preach in front of you, do not leave this place without knowing Jesus. I beg you. I beg you. So make this your moment. 17 years old going into my senior year of high school. July fourteenth, 1998, I made it my moment. My life's never been the same. Make tonight your moment. Come forward. Put your thumbprint on here. Put it on the cross. I'm tired of playing around. Drop the card in here. And make that decision today. Make this your moment. Let's worship together.